writer now, but I really wish I wasn't. Part One It seemed obvious, though probably only to us, that we'd spend the rest of our lives together. Chapter One I met my future wife, the future mother of my child, at a gas station. It was a Tuesday in late January 1996, and we were both 18 years old. Though we lived fewer than two miles apart, this was only the second time we had met, as we went to different high schools and ran with different crowds. But that night, when she saw me just a few feet away, Liz Goodman waved and said, Are you Matt Longlin? She mispronounced my name, but it was close enough. An awkward and shy teenager, lacking a lot of self-confidence, I was shocked when this beautiful blonde girl started talking to me. It was weird at first. Girls like Liz don't talk to boys like me, so I figured she thought I worked at the gas station and she needed some help filling her tank. I responded with a confused look and a sheepish, yeah, that's me, and continued filling my own tank. I was instantly captivated by Liz's gregariousness, her moxie, and of course her beauty. She stood at exactly 4 feet 11 inches tall, but carried herself like she was 6 foot 1. Years later, she would tell me that I had impressed her by holding the door open for her when she walked into the little store to pay. I would counter with my surprise that an act as small as that could convince her to see past my unquestionably awkward looks. We went on our first date that Friday, January 26th. Three days later, standing in her parents' driveway, Liz let the L word slip from her lips. I responded with a smile, a kiss, and an I love you too. And we were both positive that this was it. We'd both found the person of our dreams. We were just a few months away from heading off to college in different states. I was staying put at St. John's in Minnesota, while Liz was off to Scripps in California. So we became almost inseparable, wanting to make the most of the short time we had left together in the same town. During my spring break trip to Mexico, I purchased calling cards with money that ordinarily might have been used on beer and admission to clubs, and spent almost the entire trip talking to Liz from payphones while my friends got drunk and made out with random girls. I'm pretty sure I was the only 18-year-old male in Mazatlan doing this on my spring break. A month after my return from the trip, Liz was off to Spain, spending three weeks living with a host family as part of a program designed to get high school seniors out of their comfort zones and into a new environment. While there, she used her dad's calling card to talk to me multiple times each day, running up a phone bill so enormous and so shocking that to this day her dad still remembers the amount, down to the penny. As fall approached and we prepared to head off to college, we promised each other that the distance would not come between us. Thanks to these short practice runs, we were confident that we'd be one of those rare high school couples that would make it all the way through our college years with our relationship and sanity intact. In fact, the distance intensified our relationship. We had to work much harder than couples we knew who weren't worrying about being apart. Phone and webcam communication became integral so that we could study together. And no matter where we had been or how late we had been out, we exchanged emails nightly. During our four years in college, Liz only missed out on sending four of them compared to my six a fact that she liked to throw in my face whenever I gave her shit about something later on. When we were able to be together in between our time apart, we truly appreciated it and showed it by walking arm-in-arm through the tree-lined sidewalks of Claremont. Liz spent the money she earned from her on-campus job along with the monthly stipend from her parents to fly me out to California every six to eight weeks. She figured that because she was paying, I should do the flying, and I knew better than to put up a fight. She did visit me enough times for both of us to realize that we had more fun together in California anyway. During our summer's home, we worked less than half a block apart, using our lunch breaks to make up for the time we had lost during the school year. Our junior years, we both decided to study abroad for a semester, but knowing one would influence the other's decision, we agreed to discuss our chosen destinations only after the applications had been submitted. 
Even with the literal world of choices before us, we both picked London. It was incredible to be living in the same city at the same time without our parents. We both truly felt like we were out in the world on our own for the first time in our lives. But we didn't spend every waking moment together for fear of seriously affecting the other's experience. I know that sounds strange, but we believe that we should continue on as if we were in different parts of the country so that we could both fully experience our semester abroad. But now, we were a 45-minute tube ride apart rather than a four-hour flight. After we finished our studies in London, Liz took off with her friends, and I with mine, to travel around Western Europe. We made a plan to meet up after two weeks, ditch our friends, and travel alone together. Our paths converged on the island of Corsica, and that was where things changed for both of us. We'd been alone with one another before, but never for two consecutive weeks. We went from Corsica to Italy to Switzerland to Germany, learning what it was like to live happily together as adults.